Fantastic stuff. Okay, if we move on to text messages, we have somebody texting through to say that mushrooms are a great replacement for meat. That's true. And because meat is an inappropriate food and I'm a vegetarian, then mushrooms are in the same category as meat. That is such a leap in logic. <laughs> like, that is so silly. Like, just stop. No one agrees with you. How many people have we, pro-mushroom people have we had? For, like, four and climbing, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure those who haven't reached out to us, yeah, everyone... The silent majority. The, no, the silent majority. <laughs> you mean the silent minority that doesn't exist except for you. It's the silent majority. No, it's there. not. There they, is they not exist. a majority. Okay, if you do not like mushrooms, please text us because I am actually sure that you don't exist. I am speaking to no one right now <laughs> other than Lyle. <laughs> All right, so New York State double vax for medical professionals. How ridiculous? I don't know that it's ridiculous. But, you know, whatever. Unfortunately, the state requires the vax for all. You can't get rid of rid of overpopulation if you don't. I don't think the overpopulation thing is an issue. Um, I think there are definitely questions that we need to ask about the vaccination, but I don't think there is an agenda to destroy population through the vax. Neither do I. I've looked into that one, and it's um, self-defeating for the people who are producing the vax. They need more people rather than less. Mm. Could follow follow the money. Mm. Anyway, that's my opinion on this. I could be entirely wrong. Uh, we will find out in the next two, three, four, five, six, ten years. Yeah. Well, you know, if we get like four years down the line and Bill Gates presses the button, well, you know, I'll be gone. Lawson will be gone. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well. <laughs> All right, let's see here. We are told in the latter days the American Constitution will be done away with. The beast can't survive alongside of the Constitution. One has to go and we know and we know which one will win, but only for a short time or there would be no one left alive. That's a very valid point. Um, how sad about the closing of churches. Let's face it, way before they closed churches, the church had already closed in the hearts of the congregations. I think that's wow. actually quite profound. And having wow. been a part of you know churches that have closed in the past, um, I can I can see that how that works when a church mm. just yeah. Indeed. All right. Let's see here. We got some other ones coming through. No, we don't. I think we are good to go. Let's jump into our Bible study. We're going to think. Yes, we do need. We do have something we need to talk about. We need to talk about the end digital, which starts on Monday. Oh, yeah, of course. Next installment of the end digital <coughs> is Death the End. Mm. So we are coming up to the Halloween season, and uh, as a response to the Halloween season, we are doing a series on death. Yes. And death is one of those things that you know tends to be a great mystery because a lot of people ask the question, you know, what happens after you die? And it's not like we have people coming from the, back from the dead and giving us detailed descriptions about it. We have people who come back from near-death experiences. We people who have come back who claim to have been dead, but the reality is once a person is dead, they are dead. They're yeah, not coming back. That's right. And so if you want to know what it is like to be dead or what happens when a person dies, we've got a whole series on it, nine-part series. Well, thankfully, like I, I did a Bible study with someone on death this week. Yes. And the Bible says so much. It does. And it is so it clear. Does. And Lyle is also going to say a bunch of stuff too. So that's fantastic. Ah, indeed. And, of course, Sharissa and Justin, the three of us are there. Class. This is going to be short presentations. The They're about 15 minutes long, so we're mm. not wearing anyone out there. YouTube length. 
probably the maximum for YouTube length, but they are YouTube length. And there how, wait, is how long did you say? 15 minutes. Oh, aren't you into like hour-long exposés and documentaries on YouTube? That's my thing. Like, Yeah, but the I, average person isn't. Yeah, true. Probably. The I, average person is left just after, you know, 2, 3, 5, 10... Fifteen, yeah, that's 15's right. on the on the, on the <laughs> sort of outer limit for yeah, that's right, YouTube that's consumption. Right. So that's what we've done. Mm. You want it? We gave it to you. We're also going to have some live Q and A's. Wow, so, that's awesome. Um, don't worry that your questions won't be answered. Send your questions through every evening. Um, these will be uh, heading out there at eight o'clock each evening. So just type your questions into the comments, send them through, and we'll be more than happy to answer them. Mm. In fact, we need you to send questions through. Okay, let's go to the covenant that we have in the book of Deuteronomy, which is also known as the covenant. Uh, and yeah, the covenant that's also known as the covenant. Well, the book that's also known as the covenant. Ah, okay, that's the right. book of the covenant. My favorite. Mm. Okay, so we've got a bunch of verses from Deuteronomy that we're going to look at today, and uh, um, when it comes to the covenant, it's a legal document. Yes. The covenant that you find in the Bible is not unlike many of the covenants that you find in the ancient world. Mm. You can read covenants that are very similar to the Bible covenant that have been you know, written into clay or stone or whatever it else might be between various nations and between various individuals. These are things that you, you, you know, we can archaeologists discover even today. And so when you look at these legal documents... We ask ourselves the question, okay, is salvation just a legal document? Is there nothing Mm. more to it than a legal document? And it's interesting because you're going to have many different people who have many different perspectives on salvation, and some people have a very legal perspective on salvation. And the reason they have a very legal perspective on salvation is because salvation is based around a legal document. Mm. It's not wrong to have a legal perspective on salvation. It's not unbiblical. It is there in the Bible. It's a part of the Bible. But the question is, is there more to it than that? Is there more to this document than just a legal doc- document? Is there, mm. is, is there more to salvation than just, okay, we have a, uh, a, a, you know, a piece of legislation here and we have signed on the dotted line, um, so now we are good to go. Is there more to it than that? We need to find out. And so to find out, we're going to... Go to. We're going to start. We're going to look, look at a bunch of verses. The first one is in Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse five. Yes. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse five. The Bible says, "Think about it. Just as your parents disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good." Okay. Wow. All right. So, what kind of a relationship? Let's let's. You know, because we can look at the discipline right there and go, yeah, no, I don't really like that so much. I mean, mm. hey, we, none of us, none of us like discipline, do we? Uh, no, but I think like most of us can identify how good of a thing it is. Yes, particularly like then you end up as a parent yourself. And now I'm not speaking from experience here, but just from observation, I can see that as a parent, like being able to discipline your children is a really positive thing because you yes. can. It's, as the Bible says, instruct them in righteousness. So, uh, you know, I grew up with, you know, the belt was a thing. <laughs> Same. Yep. <laughs> and uh, my kids grew up that way as well. And, you know, I talk to my kids right now and they are like, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to us. 
<laughs> and I think that children who grew up with discipline that was not abuse, mm. because we need to recognise that, you know, the, the reason that, you know, that kind of discipline has been outlawed is because people abused it. Mm. And when we talk about discipline that is not abuse, we're talking about discipline that, that is done in love. Mm. Because, you know, if you smack a child that, um, if you smack a child when you're upset or when you're angry, it'll have no effect. It'll just make the child rebellious. Mm. Uh, that's just abuse. Mm. Um, all, all you're doing is modeling to the child how to lose your temper. Yeah, wow. And behave badly and how to behave, behave as a child. That's all you're doing. But when you discipline in love, it is incredibly powerful and it is life changing for children. And of course, we get this from God. Mm. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, so a um, couple of text messages here. First one from Stuart. He says, um, some mushrooms do not like me. Huh? Yes. In, in the, like in the, they don't like him. In the bowel movement sense? or I'm, I'm suspecting he's he also said he's not prejudiced, but. I think you should be prejudiced, but anyway. No, you shouldn't be. So anyway, this is a vote. This is a vote for me, right? Okay, here. the only mushrooms that don't like me and that I don't like are the ones that give you hallucinations. But other than that, no, those you don't ever want to go near those. Yeah, but other than that, the I rest know, of them are really nice. I know a couple of people who tried the um, those kind of shrooms just once, mm. and it blew their mind. As in, destroyed their mind. They were never ever any good ever again. That's. I went from being really normal, useful people who could do great things in society and live normal lives to uh, being, yeah, that's yeah, very brain damaged. Mm. So don't ever go anywhere near that. I think that's idea. that's an appeal to just do stay away from mind altering drugs. Like that's right, particularly in the recreational sense. Yeah. Mm. And of course, you never know which mushrooms are going to um, do that to you. So just stay away from mushrooms. No, <laughs> stop, Lyle. But that, no, 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 anyway, no. Next, te- <laughs> next te- text message here is you just have to watch your YouTube videos at IS speed. Oh, 1.5. 1.5 speed. Yeah. Why does it say IS? I don't know. I think that would. Anyway, 1.5 speed. Absolutely. That is, you can actually watch them at double speed. Yeah. And um, to try and keep up. <laughs> A lot of people are reading books that way these days. They're reading their audio books, particularly if you've got to read them for university. Dude, you can read it. bro. You can do it at half the time if you listen to it at double speed. Um, and uh, I know my son reads a lot of books and he reads everything at double speed these days, as in audio books, mm. simply because you can get through so much material in such a short space of time. Yeah. But, dude, because it's a classic with uni lectures, like the night before your exam, you're listening to your lectures at double speed, but then there's that balance that you have to strike of like, okay, I'm, I'm getting through this quick, but am I actually taking it in? <laughs> that's well, the, that's it's, it's, the struggle. It's interesting once you've been listening to material at double speed for a while and then you actually listen to something at normal speed, what's interesting is how um, your brain readjusts to the double speed. Ooh. And so normal speed sounds like really, really slow yeah. talking and it sounds like it's just, you know, you're reading in slow motion now. Mm-hmm. And so your brain does adjust to it. Mm. So it is an effective way of getting through lots of material. So, yeah, well done, Braden. 
All right, so getting back to the subject at hand, what we're going to find as we go through the book of Deuteronomy is that the covenant is more than just a legal document. Mm. It is built around a relationship. Yes. Uh, When you have God here who is disciplining us as a child, that indicates that he wants to be our father, he wants to be our parent. And, of course, having a parent, having a father is having somebody who will stand up for you, somebody who will be there for you, somebody who will protect you, uh, somebody who will take care of you. Um, and somebody who loves you beyond what you can imagine. Yeah, totally. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 1. What kind of imagery is used here? Since you are the people of the Lord your God, never cut yourselves or shave your hair above your foreheads in mourning for the dead. Okay. So, yeah, what kind of imagery is used here? How could this help reveal the relationship that God wants with his people? And why does God say these kinds of things? I'm going to be honest, like, I don't really know. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm a bit stumped. Like, okay, so when mourning for the dead. Yes. It's like, don't cut your hair or shave your heads. Yes. Don't, I, I guess the, you could assume something there about, like, not, I don't know, not not being so caught up or wrapped up in mourning. It also talks about not cutting your flesh. Oh, okay. No, yeah, don't cut yourselves. Yes. Mm. Well, then you could say, like, in in that context, if you look at a lot of the gods that existed at the time, you know, a lot of the gods that people had made up, there was there was always this level of appeasement that the God wanted you to attain. And the question came, and, and you see this question posed in the, in the Bible as well, like, the question comes, like, okay, well, then how much does God need to be appeased? How much do we need to give to him? And then, you know, people take that further and further. It's like, okay, is it, is it a sheep? Is it a cow? Is it 10 cows? Is it my child? Is it my own flesh? And so that led to, to people, yeah, cutting themselves, doing all kinds of weird things. Whereas God is communicating to, the, like, firstly, like, I'm a parent, I'm a father, I'm someone who cares deeply for you. And secondly, there is nothing you can do to appease me. Yes, Yeah, this is a really good point. And I think another issue that I see coming up here is that God's like, I've created you in my image. Mm. Don't go messing with that. Yeah, wow. You know? Um, You look at ancient cultures and and, and you ask, you know, why? why, And it's kind of weird how, you know, these kind of things came in. And some people have speculated that it was based around delayed gratification. And people recognized that people who had mastered delayed gratification. Uh, were more successful in life. And so they're like, well, let's go one step further then and let's remove any form of gratification. Mm. So let's hurt ourselves and let's do crazy things like shave our heads because surely by going the next step then that will bring us you know, greater advantage mm. again. Yeah, and, and then you look at like within particularly like religious societies or within the priesthood or whatever when they practice like celibacy amongst the priesthood and that everyone needs to be like, you know, ultra strict vegan and like all this stuff. And it's this whole purpose of like, the whole purpose of that is, oh, if we fully do away with pleasure, we'll be functioning optimally. Well, that that's purely platonic. It yeah. comes from Plato. That's yeah, Greek that's philosophy right. right there. I mean, it's not purely platonic because Plato was copying from people that were before him as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's there is nothing new under the sun. But he was the popularizer of that, he this did. idea that, oh, any pleasure, any seeking of, you know, things that are, not necessarily appease ourselves, but just being happy and satisfied is negative. Yep. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah, and this is this is the opposite of what God says. God says, "Don't go down that path. Mm. You know, don't be cutting yourself. Don't be shaving your head." Um, you know, even when somebody has died. And one of the reasons also is that why should we do these kinds of things that the pagans were doing? Because for the pagans, when a person died, that was it. It was over. It was the end. Wow. Whereas for us, you know, we have the promise of the resurrection and, and God is like, why would you be doing all of these kind of things when you have the promise of the resurrection? It's not like you're not going to see these people again. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking, you know, as I, as I said, uh, I gave a Bible study this week on the dead and what happens when you die. And I talked about, like, the experience that I've had. I've been to two kinds of funerals, you know, secular funerals and Christian funerals. And genuinely, you know, my, my uncle died earlier this year. Very secular. This is all on my dad's side of the family. It's very secular. And going to that funeral and just seeing the pain and the hurt and the mourning and the suffering. And it was, it was awful. Like, mm. it was so sad. Like, it was terrible. Um, but then on the other side, you know, going to, I've been to some Adventist funerals before, some Christian funerals, and there's just this sense of like almost, yeah, for sure, mourning, but then celebration. Like this person is going to be in the kingdom. Like we're going to see them again. Praise Absolutely. God. Like, you know, especially when the person isn't necessarily lost in tragedy or something. Like when the person's lived a life and, and passed away, it's like, Wow, you know, this person has lived such a full and rich life and we love them and we're we're gonna see them again. And I feel like that perspective is just so much better. And that's why God is sharing with them, like, hey, you know, don't go over the top with this morning. You like I'm I'm giving you salvation. Like, look forward to that. You know, be stoked. Yes, indeed. All right, here we go. Mushrooms are not a vegetable. They are fungus. So I'm on Lyle's side. Charles has texted this one in. Thank Charles, you, get lost. Charles. Charles. Charles, you are a hero. <laughs> what a, what a oh, fine, wow. what a fine name right there. A, a, an army of two right here. Wow. Three. 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 We're catching up. Who's the other person? Stuart. Did, did Stuart say something? Yes. What did he say? Mushroom, some mushrooms do not like him. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's against mushrooms. It's a negative. I could say that about ice cream. Moving back to our Bible study, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 6. All right. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 6, the Bible says, Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Isn't he your father who created you? Has he not made you and established you? What a... (laughs) It's like... So you have like a backhanded compliment, which is like a compliment that actually has negative implications. This is the opposite of that. This is like a backhanded uh, insult. Because he's which has a compliment like, in it. Which has a compliment because he's like, you guys, <laughs> that's so awesome, senseless and foolish. Like, but I'm your father. He's like, but don't you know that I'm your father who loves you and cares for you? Why are you being so foolish? That's awesome. Indeed it is, indeed it is. So, so far we have four pro-mushrooms, two against mushrooms, one on the line. On that's, the, that's our tally so far. So let us know what the let's know what your position is on mushrooms. mushrooms will win. Today. No, mushrooms Always will win. win. They will not. They've already lost. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so Aaron Brown texts in. He says mushrooms are gross. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am anti-fungi too. Earlier I was listening via my earpiece. had to walk away from other people as I couldn't contain my laughter. Hilarious. Uh, okay, so that was uh, um, 
Good one there from Aaron. So <laughs> good to have some support there. Go, Aaron. What a fine individual Aaron oh, is. Wow. Uh, let me see here. I've got some more coming through. This, this is creating oh, a rift between, between my myself and, and Lyle, myself and the listeners. Yes. I'm straight. Well, even though the majority of people agree with me, but like, you know. Okay. This person says mushrooms are the best. You can do so much with them. That's the end of the text. And then they text back with a s- clarification. And to clarify, that is eating them, Lyle, not running the mower <laughs> over them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Give them respect. Dear, that's terrible. Um, okay, so Chris has this question. What about ashes and sackcloth? Mm-hmm. Oh, in terms of like... Mourning. Mourning. Yeah, and I think in my mind the key difference is this. The Bible is not against mourning. Mm. The Bible is not against signs of mourning. The Bible is against uh, doing things to your body at times of mourning. Mm. And so uh, this is why the Bible says don't shave your head or cut your flesh during times of mourning because you are made in the image of God Mm. and that's going too far. Mm. Um, there's nothing wrong with being in mourning. And, you know, we talk about going to a Christian funeral as compared to an atheist funeral and the difference that there is between the two. And I think what's important is that you're still going to find people there 100%. attending that funeral who are mourning. Mm. You'll still people find people who are dressed in black, mm. you know, to respect the dead and to respect the sadness of the, of the family that is in mourning at that particular time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start to get into these practices of shaving your hair or um, cutting yourself, cutting, cutting your, your body and so forth, God's like, no, don't do that. You, you created in my image. You don't need to go that far. That's, yeah. that's, that's going too far. Mm. Uh, God understands. Jesus cried when Lazarus died. Mm. The Bible says that Jesus wept when Lazarus died, even though he knew he was going to resurrect him again. Mm. And so, yeah, there's a, I think the Bible just gives us a really healthy balance right here. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's go to our next passage, which is Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 18 through 20. Deuteronomy 32, 18 to 20. The Bible says, You neglected the rock who had fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth. The Lord saw this and drew back, provoked to anger by his own sons and daughters. He said, I will abandon them. Then see what becomes of them, for they are a twisted generation, children without integrity okay this what does what does this imagery here what does it help to reveal to us about the relationship god wants with his people mm. um well he wants to be close to them he wants to he wants a relation he wants to be their father mm. um he he wants to you know he, he wants to have them as a part of his family mm-hmm Oh right, no, that's that's a really really fantastic point. Like he because he, the question is right, does God deserve to be our father? Mm-hmm. And the ultimate and clear answer: if God is everything that He says He is, like our Creator, our Sustainer, yes. And I feel like that's what is so like upsetting for Him. You know, like you could you could look at this verse and say, oh wow, God's trying to be pretty selfish. God's trying to be pretty. You know what? Who does He think he is? he's literally God? That's right. Like, if anyone deserves to be their father, like, he's done everything for them, and it's like, guys, just have a relationship with me. It's it's heartbreaking to read, like, God having his own emotional struggle with, like, why won't these guys just be my children? Indeed. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 20. Oh, going back, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 20. 
The Bible says, remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own special possession, which is what you are today. Okay, so what does the Bible say right here that God has done? He has, he has pulled them out of the smelting he has rescued furnace. rescued them from the furnace of Egypt. Yeah. I've been in the furnace of Egypt. You've been there? I've been in the furnace of Egypt. Is that just outside because it's very hot? <laughs> yeah, there was one day there uh, we were um, down at uh, Elephantine Island and it was about 52 degrees. Oh, that makes my skin crawl. Like that is I've, – I've never experienced that. That's why. Well, what's, what's remarkable about it is because Egypt is a country that has zero humidity, mm. no rainfall, mm. none, zero humidity. And so it would – Burn the, it would the, the air would literally burn in your lungs while you were breathing it, but when you stepped into the shade, the shade made a massive difference. Mm. But what was really special was you know the evenings were just glorious. You know when it's about nine o'clock at night and you just get that pleasant warm air, go for a swim in the in the hotel pool. Yeah, it's wow. just ah oh, super pleasant. That's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. All right. Where's our tally up to? Our tally's nine for mushrooms, four against the moment. Yep, we were catching right. up there for a little while, no, guys. Come no. on. And then people Andy came to mushrooms, their senses. We, we need to hear from you. No. We do need to hear from you. Somebody texted through here. Anthony texted through. Mushroom tastes great, especially on pizza. Don't care to, yes. don't care to try those magic ones. Leave those for Lawson. I don't <laughs> What? This no is, way. You never. Okay, even in your BC life, you never went there, did no, you? No, of course not. <laughs> Lawson well, I don't want to say, more. of course not, but no, I, no, but I never more sense did. Than that. I never did that. I was an, I was a professional athlete, bro. Like I yes. was, I was not about to try and throw away my career by doing drugs, like Absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Fantastic. All right, let's go to uh, our next verse, which is Deuteronomy thirty-two and verse nine. Okay, Deuteronomy 30, 32 and verse 9. But guys, come on, we need to be solidarity. We're all one in mushrooms, friends. It's, it's divided. We're divided over the issue. <laughs> a third of the world a third of the world is just like, no. Good. You know, and a third of the angels followed Satan. Okay, which verse are we reading? Deuteronomy 32 verse 9. Um, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 9, the Bible says, For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. Okay, what what uh, what does this tell you about the nature of the covenant as a legal document and about the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us? Mm. Well, it says that they belong to the Lord. Like he has legal claim over them. Could you make that point? Like if yeah. if they belong to the Lord, they're His well, special they possession. How have they? How how do they belong to Him? How, how did they become His possession? Well, I think first and foremost, He created them. Yes, but secondarily, like He's He's rescued them. Yes, and rescuing them as well. Like you got to think too. It's like, oh, well, were they rescued against the their will? No, rescuing them was an opt in decision. They put their they put the blood on their doorposts. They decided, okay, we're going to follow the Lord. And by that, they became the special possession. This is an interesting, an interesting thing to look at because we can see, you know, we can consider for a moment just how a person owns something. Mm. How do you get to own something? You get to own something by one of two ways. 
you build it yourself mm. or you buy it. Mm-hmm. We became God's possession both ways. Wow. He built us himself and he bought us mm. with his blood. We belong to Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And this morning we've been having a discussion on Faith FM Radio that really has nothing to do with the Bible, but it has been about mushrooms and it has been fun and we have enjoyed it and we do have a bit of a tally happening, but we have a special caller who has called through. Who might be on the phone this morning? Who is there? Hello. G'day, Mon. Mon. Mon, it's just amazing to have you here on Faith FM Radio. Uh, Go on. I understand that you're calling in to talk about, to to, to wade into the great mushroom debate. Is that true? Look, I'm utterly disturbed that, like, I left Faith FM and the new guy thinks he's some sort of mushroom aficionado, so I had to call back and just get Orson straight. Look, Lawson, I did one year of a nutritional medicine degree, uh-huh. right? And I can tell you that mushrooms are like alcohol, right? They're all poisonous. Some of no, them no, Mon, Mon, you don't work here anymore. Stop, stop. You don't even... All mushrooms are indigestible. Did you know that? Actually, if you go to the government website, it'll tell you a huge long list of all the mushrooms you shouldn't eat, but they're all categorized as poisonous and indigestible. That it's is not true. It's like you'd survive drinking a beer, but you wouldn't survive drinking rubber That is no, that is, I literally... Keep going, Mon, keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. This topic don't is, stop there, Mon, just the keep going. Health benefits Preach of mushrooms. No, no, the cellular structure of a mushroom is actually closer to a crustacean than it used to any plant matter. No, <laughs> but you're yes. just making this That's up. Nice. You are, this That's isn't even true. The way that crustaceans and pigs really unclean stuff, well, the way it shows up when something dies to clean up, it's the same thing for mushrooms as plant cube. Anytime a plant dies, mushrooms turn up to clean it up. Why would you eat that? It's disgusting. Did you know mushrooms are like a very close <laughs> This is everything you're saying is false. This is the best time okay, I've ever heard. this one degree of nutrition thing. Have you ever heard of athlete's foot? That foot fungus is like, Best mate, it's like that, no, stop. <laughs> See, this is a question that I have, Mon. This is a question I've just bat in for a second, Mon. This is a she this, just, I just had to quiet, I just <laughs> had to turn her off. She just goes, I just have so a question hard. here for Mon, though. Um, and, and and for our listeners, why would anyone eat something that grows between your toes? Exactly, we don't exactly. eat things that grow between toes. Can you mute her again? Can you, can you, <laughs> and there we go. Oh, what one? Oh, sorry, I can't hear you. Um, produce the shell, produce the shell. Come on. All I can hear and all I can see is this tally of people who enjoy mushrooms. Oh, and by the way, by the way, to that listener who texted in, like, you can do so much with mushrooms. Do you know what? You could also do a lot with a piece of wood, but you still wouldn't need it. It's not an argument. Okay. You need to embrace the light and step away from the dark. No one agrees with you. No one. No one agrees with you. I don't agree with you. Uh, more. More than I should say. More than a third of the world agree with you, and that's enough for me. But anyway, <laughs> moving on right here. Braden texters say, say that I went without onions for years because my wife doesn't like onions, so I don't have issues giving up mushrooms for the benefit of my fellow believers. If it caused my brother to stumble, I will let it. What <laughs> but it fine, doesn't. What a but fine it doesn't. It won't. Right it will. There. It will lead them to. Okay, when you do question of the day. Okay, uh, can you press the button? Question of the day. All right, question of the day is, who was Pharaoh Necho? 
Pharaoh Necho was a uh, pharaoh of Egypt. He was actually the one that's mentioned in the Bible is Necho II. Mm-hmm. Um, his pronunci- Egyptian pronunciation was closer to Nekau mm-hmm. than Necho, as we pronounce him in English. He ruled from around 610 to 595 BC. Uh, and he's mentioned in a bunch of biblical accounts of Ju- Judean kings of Josiah, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, uh, and Jeremiah also mentions Pharaoh Necho. Pharaoh Necho was a um, an ally of the Assyrian Empire at a time when the Assyrian Empire was waning, and so when the Babylonian and Median empires uh, began to rise and to threaten the existence of the Assyrian Empire, uh, the Assyrians sent to Egypt for aid because they were being threatened. And as a result of that, Pharaoh Necho raised his army. He actually had a large professional army that was um, based, you know, patterned off of the Assyrian army. He built his own navy. He was actually very warlike and quite a general. And so he marched on uh, the Babylonians who were threatening, obviously, the uh, Assyrians. In the process, he had to pass through Judah because that's how you get there, is to go through Judah. Now, of course, Judah at this particular time was allied with the Assyrians and the prophets of Judah said, don't have anything to do with Necho. Josiah was like, well, you know, I really don't want to get offside with the Assyrians because they're really scary people. So he went and attacked Necho and Necho killed him um, at the Battle of Megiddo. And so that was a very sad ending for King Josiah. But uh, Pharaoh Necho went on to uh, lose against the uh, Babylonian armies of Nebuchadnezzar and Nabopolassar returned to Egypt and was eventually subdued by the Babylonians. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.